On this show of St. Louis in Tune, we're going to be talking to author Jim Merkel about his new book. We're going to talk about coffee benefits, social media nonsense, and honor those who have fallen on Memorial Day. Greetings, listeners and listener land. Welcome to St. Louis in Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston, where we size up current and historic events involving people, places, and things in areas such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, government, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports. We originate from and connect the Gateway City to what is happening regionally, nationally, and internationally. How are you, Mark Langston? <laughs> I'm fine, Arnold Stricker. <laughs> I, I want to work on your name backwards. Oh, my gosh. I can't. I've got to write it and then do it. I wrote it out one time. I was like, I can't remember this. Did you do it backwards? You don't remember? Yes, what? I my, don't remember. Mine is Natskanal Cram. I have enough trouble remembering okay. my name forward. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is, all right. Yes, I know. I know. Yep. Okay. I've got to pull my return to civility out because it involves parents and it involves children. Mm. And we're going to talk more about that about in some social media nonsense coming up later on in the show. But return to civility, folks. Avoid putting your children in trying situations that test their patience. Be aware of their limits and help them succeed at being well-behaved. And I'm going to add a little mm. addendum to that. And sometimes it involves saying, no, avoid putting your children in situations situations, trying situations that test their patience, and I would add, and your patience as well. Uh That would be like going through the aisle at the grocery store where all the candy is located. (laughs) No. So maybe you want to not take them. So my parents never said no to the candy. They just said, your teeth are going to fall out of your head. That's right. <laughs> so it was more of a threat. It was like this mental this mental image of a picture that my teeth are going to rot and fall out of my head. I know giving giving choices also is good. Right. Now, no, wait. Do you, you just say no. You don't say, hey, let's think about this. Let's talk of this through a little bit. Do you ever do that? No. <laughs> okay. Just wanted to know. Maybe we could do that later on. Okay. Or we could have something. We have something at home very similar to that that you really mm-hmm. like. Okay. That would be your answer instead of no? Uh, then when they pressed it more, <laughs> we're going to get that at home. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> then the final answer would be no. no. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> we're not going to do that. <laughs> no, we're not. No. Okay. But we want to say yes to Jim Merkel. He is an author, and he's going to talk about his new book, Walking South City. Now, I've got some great questions for him about Walking South City. But Jim's written several other books, and he has covered South St. Louis and St. Louis City Hall for the old suburban journals of Greater St. Louis. Some mm-hmm. people who remember the suburban journals. I miss it. a great newspaper. I miss it. Yeah. Because they were West County Journal, Mid County Journal, they had all the journals. Right. It was I really always miss fun them to a lot. remember them. He lives with his wife, Lorraine, and their cat, Miss Jenny. We're going to have to ask about Miss Jenny Aww. in the Bevo Mill neighborhood. So, welcome back, Jim. How are you doing? Oh, great. I've got something about the time I spent in the sub- suburban journals about I was walking along Chippewa and came up on a, came up on a viaduct. And I came. I found myself facing the building where I were. I spent 15 years, the best 15 years of my career, except for the time that I was at the covering, covering the Webster Grove School Board. But that's another story. During my ten, tenure, I would sometimes walk to the highest point of the viaduct and look back at the building. Inside, we produce news stories and f- and features about the surrounding neighborhoods and beyond. 
From 1994 to 2009, I sat in a chair at the same spot in the same cubicle in the newsroom, and I might add in the universe. The company paid just enough for us to drive 10-year-old cars. Nonetheless, we had a sense of one for all, all for one, and believed our tasks were important part, important things. So, I going on. I talked about I had a somebody slugged me, got into an argument with me, and this is a guy gave, given to a temper, and I realized that he was looking for something, and I had it in my hand, and I held it, and I pushed it forward, and. He took that as threatening, and of course he was he was fired on the spot. But then they wrote me up for getting him upset. And that was at the journal. That was at the journal. Wow. Anyway, it says. But after that, one day they just announced that they were going to that they were going to ship us out to the west to West County. I thought I cleared all my stuff out, and then I had to go back, come back. And in that time, the whole cubicle where I'd spent 15 years of my life was gone. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's that, sad. That's sad. Yeah. That was the story of my life. Now, is that viaduct on Chippewa, the one just past Gravoy? Yeah, the one that just past Gra- Gravoy. Yeah. So the one just west of Gravoy. Yeah, because there's one on Gravoy, and then there's one on Chippewa. And so you were on the viaduct on Chippewa? On the ju- viaduct on Chippewa. So was that building the one where they have, like, the bridal shop? There was a bridal shop oh, well, in there? It was a different—that was just a different one. It's a little bit to the east. And it really was a time when you would go—what other newspaper would put on the front page, the top— a story about a Catholic school closing. They were really local papers back they then. They were local papers. Yeah, uh, they were the same kind of thing as the... Webster Kirkwood Times? What the Webster Kirkwood Times is. Right. And the news that you'll get in the Post, Dispatch, and on is important, but it's also stuff that's local. And I, of course, I spent 16 years of my time in, in Pennsylvania writing for small-town papers, and I understood... Po- it, that was really what it was. But anyway, it was that was the beginning, and from there, of course, I went all the way from that a segment of it. I went all the way on Chippewa to Jameson. Okay. Huh. Now this book, and I'm showing this walking walking South City. As I recall, because we had a conversation about this a while back, and when you were working on this, sure. And this happened. During the pandemic, this was the time when you were doing all these things and writing this, uh, getting all was, this material? It was 2021. Okay. Actually, I, I had my first walk, I think, the 16th of January. Not that you recall that date. Not that I recall that date. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it was during the pandemic. And there was one incident where I walked along and I looked down and there was a, there was a COVID mask. And of course, you didn't see that before, but all of a sudden, when people were done, they just threw it on the ground, and they didn't care. And But it was very much of the time. And there was another incident. I had a very close friend who I would get together all the time with, and Vic was such a good guy. And I, but he told me he had cancer, and then after a while, he went and I described this because it's I walk I walk past a slew hospital on Shoto and I look over and I just and he was in slew hospital I wasn't able to go see him and so he would call me or I would call him every once in a while I got shorter and shorter and finally 
I did not hear from him. And I don't know what happened to him. That's sad. Yeah, but we we were just, we weren't family, and he didn't have family in St. Louis, right. And but that was another example of that. And it's, you tell me, like, the logical thing is, but because if he wasn't, if he was still alive, he'd call me. So you got out just to walk around probably for, just to get out of the house and get some exercise. No, I'm guessing. Not. We had, my editor and I, we met first time. I'm sure you know this. The Annex, we met at the Annex about January 4th or 5th of 2021. I told him I wanted to write a book. And, and he, and we were outside in the back, and there was this heater run, and we were spaced out, and we discussed it. And he, he said he, his son, his 12-year-old son, had taken a walk from his house in Lindenwood Park neighborhood all the way down to the Arch. Wow. And it, and That's it, a long walk. Eight, eight oh, yeah. miles. Yeah, and, that's a haul. And seems longer though. And he thought that was really good. He says, "Bill Bryson, a walk in the woods." But I came up with a complete forty-five mile, very winding <laughs> map, uh, and I would just say, "We do this," and he says, "No, go this way." Let's. You want to? I want to go, go north. No, you want to go east, and then all of a sudden everything's gone. How come you didn't? You left out the hill. So then I have to go back and just scrap it, and then and I so I've got it in my a minute after before I die, it'll, the map will come up into my head. But and but uh, I'll read some chapters titles here, okay, which lets people know about this forty-five mile, forty-five or forty-eight, forty-five, forty-five, maybe mile. forty-five and point two. I but don't know if you're going forty-five point two is nothing. So you're talking about Gravoy Avenue to Chippewa. That's walking in the footsteps of Ulysses Grant. A ride on Route 66, or Route 66, however you want to pronounce it. Route. Chippewa Street from Gravoy to Jameson. I follow a real estate genius, St. Louis Hills. That's very interesting. <laughs> Rows of graves and a windmill. Mm. Yeah. Gravoy and Hampton to Chippewa and Morganford. Three sides of Tower Grove South. Morganford to Arsenal to South Grand. An old shopping district stays alive. Cherokee Street. Beer boxing and farmers at a market. Soulard neighborhood. Life in a museum. I love this one. Lafayette Square. Walking on K Street, west of Shoto and Manchester. I have to ask you about K Street. That used to be the name way, way, way back. Really? Yeah. And then on the road of Tam and the Avenue of Oaks. That's Oakland, Tam, Manchester. And then all things Italian. The Hill. Oh, keep going. Henry Shaw's masterpiece. Mansions on Compton and Virginia Avenue. My jaunt through the town of Empty Pockets. (laughs) <laughs> that's Carondelet. That's, yeah, that's Carondelet on South Broadway. Uh huh. Hmm. Graffiti, a lake and gravoy and gravestones in a park. Carondelet Park. <laughs> Little guys hold the line. Hampton from Loughborough to Arsenal and the end of the road. Arsenal Hampton to Kings Highway North to I sixty four. That's just that's all over South City. That's well, all over. It's not everything. There's it misses chunks of Kings Highway. It misses. A lot of South Broadway, hmm. say south of Lard. Hmm. And there's a, like that could have been around Soulard mm-hmm. and Ohio. You go up a little bit and you've got where the, the Indian mound is. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so other things. And it's, it's, but I did start on the one for Carondelet. I started in Bell Reef Park, which is a wonderful place to look at the river. I always like to look at the river. And now, are you overlooking? I haven't been there to that one. Are you overlooking? Like gas tanks and oil tanks and all the industrial area. You can't avoid that completely, but you're really, it's pretty. 
and of course i guess if you want to go down south and i remember this from covering south oakland oakville you can be tree park right and jb park you can oh, yeah. looks yeah oh yeah that's wonderful but I, this is this is the best place south of the city this is the best place in the mid city and the south city to look at the river i think okay now so. is that just south of 55 there on broadway bell reef park bell reef park it's you would it's right next to bates bates goes uh, oh yeah yeah okay and I've uh, driven by there and then from there you can also look back Coronet, of course was it was founded just about the time that st louis mm-hmm. was found and and it was the place where there was there was a lot of work a lot of shipbuilding shipbuilding during the civil war and where the ironclads were built down there yeah uh, and and then i went went back there's south of Carondelet, south of Carondelet park there is something called the Carondelet connector and it's right next to where the, the little shopping center is which and with schnooks and stuff and okay. then you come up and you go under loughborough okay and there's this one train line and right. and there's this really cool and people won't like it, cool graffiti and there's this one thing where it looked it looked like it was a really cool picture of a blue picture of a woman and some other people would look at it and say that's nothing and then from there i went through went through coronet park and the lake and then i went went to the west and i found this this picture this box this actually a box used for for traffic signals and i it had been painted black with these goofy eyes in it and and i took a picture and it's in there yeah i'm gonna look for it here and, and let me see if i because you find. took most of the pictures no in the I, book. I didn't there was a good photographer who took it okay uh, but while you're looking for that i want i want to mention this that what you do in here you have pictures of some of these are historic and some of these are current yeah, and then here. you give some historical information oh that's cool yeah unfortunately i went back there and it was defaced really yeah the guy the graffiti guy <laughs> thing got defaced uh, somebody didn't like that because their tag wasn't on it i don't know i don't know why but i so uh, then i like i really got the sense that i didn't have it before that when i got to hampton and went north that is it shows that the little businesses are thriving just mm-hmm. like in webster groves which the little businesses are and then and then i made i made a, a right by my by the old state hospital and it's now actually it's a, it's a place for people who mentally ill people who've been found guilty of stuff and and then i went north on king's highway to the to where the where Vanner? no not when not van de Venner, but to highway 40 okay, okay and there is a there is a pedestrian bridge across right. and that, that's where i ended because I ended. I ran, somewhere. I ran out, out of things. and So how did you know which things to have pictures taken and to write about? How did you know on this one, this is, what church is that on the front there? Oh, uh, that's Francis de Sales. Okay, that's right down here on, on Gravois here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you know which, I'm going to call landmarks or buildings or things to talk about and take pictures of? I've been writing about this for a long time, and I just walked. And, of course, when I work with my publisher, We've got to we've got to be here. It says he helped me. He approved all of the the whole map, 
and I and I knew where it, what passed and says we got to mention this we got to men- mention the old cutest funeral home and that's be- and so after that I just made my own comments about it when I and then he said rewrite it rewrite it <laughs> rewrite <laughs> it didn't quite make the cut yeah and then there was the Lafayette Square segment I had to rewrite it eight times oh my goodness yeah. Was it because of the length, or was it because of just he wanted some other things in there? No, all or? kinds of things. It, I think it worked out better. You can't just turn it in, and, and that's... That's what editors do, right? Yeah, that's why we hate them. <laughs> oh, my we're, we're talking and laughing with Jim Merkel about his new book, <laughs> Walking South City. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston of St. Louis in Tune. So can somebody take this book? I know you don't have the map in here, but can they just go your first neighborhood, your first chapter in here is I'm turning there, or there we go, walking in the footsteps of Ulysses Grant Graboy to Chippewa. Can they actually follow these your footsteps here and go this direction, or is it just a read, or can they do it? Can they physically walk it? You can physically walk it, and if, it's, if you're confused by a certain thing, you can always just hop over the con- part you're confused about mm-hmm. but most of it i say i went from here to here and i made a left and then i went from here to here we tried to make it like not winding we tried to make it as straight i guess i i ought to make a map but it's it's i couldn't i wasn't able to do it with google maps because google maps has on, only allows 10 turns oh wow and the one i guess i could buy something and i could you got. I had to put a couple maps together right. or whatever, and I tried that the other day, and it was just scribbles. But I guess somebody will push push me down and say, "Here's here's a marker. Fix it." There you go. And then, so if anybody wants to wants to call wants to call me and arrange a tour, I can do that too. Yeah. Now you, we've just got a few minutes left. What? Where are you going to be? You're going to be signing the book. Right. What are those places? And well, when are, when I'm going to be at Elders Antiques, which is in which is in the Ant- Antique Row of Cherokee Street mm-hmm. from nine to five p.m. on Memorial Day. Okay, and you can also check my website. My website is Jim Merkel the Writer and dot com, of course, and you can also buy a book there. Okay, that's Jim Merkel, thewriter.com. You can also get the book at Reedy Press. Jim's going to be at Elder Antiques on Antique Row on Cherokee Street on Memorial Day from 9 o'clock till 5 o'clock. So, folks, if you have some time to do that, please get out and do that. It's a very interesting book. There's a lot of historical little tidbits in here that I was not aware of. And I always like to pick up new kinds of things about the city in which we live because we live in a very historic and a very wonderful city. Oh, yeah, we do. And we got our problems, and you see them on 10 o'clock news. But, <laughs> yeah, everybody's uh, got but it. It's a great place to live, too. It is. We appreciate you coming in, Jim. Don't forget, folks, Jim's going to be at Antique Row, Cherokee Street, from 9 to 5 on Memorial mm. Day. Yeah. We'll be right back after this break. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston of St. Louis in Tune. This is Arnold Stricker of St. Louis in Tune on behalf of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation. In 1857, the Dred Scott decision was a major legal event and catalyst that contributed to the Civil War. The decision declared that Dred Scott could not be free because he was not a citizen. The 14th Amendment, also called the Dred Scott Amendment, granted citizenship to all born or naturalized here in our country and was intended to overturn the U.S. Supreme Court decision on July 9, 1868. 
The Dred Scott Heritage Foundation is requesting a commemorative stamp to be issued from the U.S. Postal Service to recognize and remember the heritage of this amendment by issuing a stamp with the likeness of the man Dred Scott. But we need your support and the support of thousands of people who would like to see this happen. To achieve this goal, we ask you to download, sign, and share the one-page petition with others. To find the petition, please go to dredscottlives.org and click on the Dred Scott Petition Drive on the right side of the page. On behalf of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation, this has been Arnold Stricker of St. Louis In Tune. You know, each time that we plan a show for St. Louis In Tune, we strive to bring you informative, useful, and reflective stories as well as interviews about current and historic issues and events that involve people, places, and things. And while St. Louis In Tune originates from the Gateway City and covers local topics, we also connect what's going on nationally as well. Our topics cover a wide range of arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, health, history, housing, humor, justice, sports, and that's just to name a few. We know there's many radio stations, programs, even podcasts that you could be listening to, and we're glad that you've chosen to listen to St. Louis In Tune. If you've missed any of our previously aired programs of St. Louis In Tune, simply visit stlintune.com. That's stlintune.com. There, you'll find every show from our first to our most current. Use the search engine to look for a show that might interest you from one of the many topics that we've covered. And drop us a line and tell us how we're doing. You can do that at stlintune at gmail.com. That's stlintune at gmail.com. St. Louis In Tune, heard Monday through Friday on the usradionetwork.com and many great radio stations around the U.S. and, of course, right here in St. Louis. And don't forget, check out our website, stlintune.com. That's stlintune.com. Welcome back to St. Louis In Tune. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston. I want to remind you about the information that we talked about with Jim Merkel from his new book, Walking South City, A Journey Through Historic St. Louis Neighborhoods. There's just a lot of little tidbits in there that you would not normally know unless you were doing some research on your own. Some great photographs. He's going to be at Elder Antiques on Antique Row on Cherokee Street on Memorial Day from 9 o'clock till 5 o'clock. You can purchase the book or get more information at Jim Merkel, the writer, M-E-R-K-E-L, JimMerkleTheWriter.com or go to Reedy Press and you can get information that way. Speaking of Memorial Days coming up on Monday and we annually pay tribute to those who have fallen and paid the ultimate sacrifice to to our country and for us and so this is our honoring of those who have fallen. We're going to read some poems and listen to some music. We walked among the crosses where our fallen soldiers lay and listened to the bugle as taps began to play. The chaplain led a prayer. We stood with heads bowed low and I thought of fallen comrades I had known so long ago. They came from every city across this fertile land that we might live in freedom. They lie here neath the sand. I felt a little guilty. My sacrifice was small. I only lost a little time, but these men lost their all. Now the services are over for this Memorial Day. To the names upon these crosses, I just want to say, thanks for what you've given. No one could ask for more. May you rest with God in heaven from now through evermore. When America had an urgent need, these brave ones raised a hand. 
No hesitation held them back. They were proud to take a stand. They left their friends and family. They gave up normal life. To serve their country and their God, they plowed into the strife. They fought for freedom and for peace on strange and foreign shores. Some lost new friends. Some lost their lives in long and brutal wars. Other veterans answered a call to support the ones who fought. Their country had requirements for the essential skills they brought. We salute every one of them, the noble and the brave, the ones still with us here today and those who rest in a grave. So here's to our country's heroes. They're a cut above the rest. Let's give the honor that is due to our country's very best. So remember those we've loved who fought for us and died and those we never knew for whom others mourned and cried. Remember those who served before. Remember those who are no more. Remember those who serve today. Remember them as we eat and play. Remember our protectors who are not home today. Remember them all on Memorial Day. Amen. So I know that one of the things the scouts do is put flags on graves on Memorial Day. Isn't that right, Mark? Yeah, we do. We go to Jefferson Barracks, and boy, I can't remember the number, but it's, I think, 100,000 or better. And then we go to the Jewish cemeteries around St. Louis, Mm -hmm. and it's one of the biggest events that the scout community does, the scouting community does. And it's it's organized. There's scouts there all day. And uh, they're Cub Scouts, so the ones that are from first grade all the way up till they're 18-year-olds and all the adult leaders. And uh, it's, it's a wonderful event where a scout will place a flag at a grave and salute. They'll use the scout salute and they'll salute the grave and then move on to the next one. They get a patch for it, but many of them don't care about the patch. They just want to be there. And right. it's uh, quite a somber, somber event. I know it's the unofficial start of which is great but for me it's always been a kind of a quiet just reflective yeah something just isn't right i can't we barbecue we enjoy our family it's wonderful that we're all together and i think that's one of the benefits of having the day off is that you can really make an attempt to try to be with your family and mm-hmm. be, because because some the families were literally broken up oh, or in some cases destroyed by the mm-hmm. loss of a Son or daughter or multiple sons, like in the case in World War II. It, yeah, it's quite a sacrifice. I just hope fo- folks would just stop, pause, and just try to think of these families that have lost loved ones, young sons and daughters mm. for wars. Many sometimes were like pointless. They should right. never have started in the first place. We should have stepped in earlier and stopped it. I would argue what's going on with Putin. And I don't blame the Russian people as much as I blame that particular person. But boy, the sacrifice. We talk about sacrifice, but do you really reflect on what that means, the sacrifice of your life, the years that you've just lost with that loved one, the years that they have lost with you? I don't think people think about that until it happens to someone they know. Yeah, and that's, it's sad, and then unfortunately that's the sad truth of the matter. And I remember during, when we were in high school, and it, and it really happened prior to, there were individuals who were in school who, during the Vietnam War, who oh, yeah. died during the Vietnam War. Oh, yeah. And, you know, when people don't come back, and you knew them, and they were just 18 or 19 years old, it's a little sobering. Yeah, it's, yeah. Because li- that could be you. So much could have. 
And they, they're going to get married. They could have gotten married. They could mm-hmm. have had children. Mm-hmm. And maybe one of those children came up with the cure for cancer. But now that's been squashed out. And the joy that a grandchild would bring to the older people in that family and the contributions that they could make and the joy and the love, it just, it's just... It just it kills. I think my number was twenty six or something like that. Oh, you were that. high, yeah. In the in the mine um, wasn't that high. It was like I was low. I was in the hundred. Yeah, I was in the hundreds. Yeah, no, I was going. So and what I, we're talking about the draft, folks? Yeah, the lottery. They had a lottery because they couldn't get enough young nineteen year olds to enlist. S- enlist, sign up, and go. So to, you got called. Your number got called. You went. Yeah. So they said, "Okay, here's your number for your birthday." And this year, we're going to ask for everybody from zero to 110. If that's your number, you're gone. You're done. You went. If people have seen cemeteries, Mm. that's one thing. Mm. If you've not seen a United States military cemetery, Mm. you're really missing something. We we've gone. My family's gone to Washington D.C. quite a few times. And Arlington. We, yeah, we always make it a point to go to Arlington, and undoubtedly we'll be over by Kennedy's grave or Robert Kennedy's grave or something. And sure, nearby, there is a full military funeral going on, and it's quite a sight to see. And it'll make you pause. It'll mm-hmm. stop you. And people stop if they're work, going to tours, wanting to experience Arlington. It's pretty overwhelming too. Oh. Arlington is pretty overwhelming. And he, even here in St. Louis, Jefferson Barracks, oh, there just there as, are burials like every hour. Uh-huh. As a matter of fact, sometimes they're three an hour, and it's a very sobering thing to see these. And if you have a, an opportunity to, you can do this on Google Earth, or you can do this. There's some videos about this where there's flyovers of the U.S. military cemeteries in France and Belgium and other countries. It's pretty sobering to see oh, yeah. the sacrifice there. And when they storm the beaches of Normandy, mm-hmm. it's just get off the boat and die. I mean, it, yeah, not even get off sometimes. I know. <laughs> it's amazing the life that was lost and just. Just, I don't know. So we want to honor those who have fallen and the families of those who have fallen. And if you have the opportunity, I think it's 3 o'clock on Memorial Day. It's a time of reflection and pause Hmm. that you remember those who have fallen on Memorial Day, and that's this coming Monday. Hmm. Wow. want to shift a little gears here. There are several activities going on in the metropolitan area this summer. I want to highlight a couple of those for you, and we're going to do this over the next several shows. But if you're getting ready for summer and you want to do some things, the Whitaker Music Festival is back at the Missouri Botanical Gardens. And that will start Wednesday, May the 31st, and it runs for 10 weeks. The concerts are, you can get in at 5 o'clock, the concerts are at 7. And so if you want more information, you can go to the Whitaker Music Festival, just look that up, or go to the Missouri Botanical Garden website, and they can give you some more information about that. And also, the St. Louis Art Museum is going to be getting their Art Hill film series on Fridays. That actually starts in July. That's fun. And yeah, they're very fun. Events, they have music and food, and that's at 6 o'clock. And then the movies begin around, the films begin around 9 o'clock. They're going to be doing that July 14th, the 21st, and the 28th. Love it. You want to check that out, and you can get more information on that. Just go to the slam.org, S-L-A-M. That's the St. Louis Art Museum.org for information on that. Okay, slam. I like it. 
Slam.org. There okay. you go. Okay, St. Louis Art Museum. Coffee. We had talked on a show <laughs> about coffee, <laughs> but I wanted to mention what are the top health benefits of drinking coffee. Now oh, I'm going to qualify this. Please do. This is qualified because it's by the National Coffee Blog. Okay. 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 <laughs> I'm not sure if they got these all by WebMD or whatever. You could live longer, number one. Oh, I like that. Okay. All right. Here's number two. Your body may process glucose or sugar better. What if you put sugar in it, though? Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know. Maybe counteracts. I don't mean to be, yeah. Number three. You're like less likely to develop heart failure. With coffee? With coffee. No. Drinking <laughs> one or two cups a day may help ward off, may help, the key word. May, okay. Ward off heart failure when a weakened heart has difficulty pumping enough blood to the body. Oh, so it gives you that little jolt, okay. that little kick in the, right. in the pants. Here's another one. This is number four. You are less likely to develop Parkinson's disease. Oh, I like that. Okay, I'm all for that. Number five, your liver will thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank all right, you. thank you. Number six, your DNA will be stronger. Oh, we need Apparently, that. Apparently, dark roast coffee decreases the breakage in the DNA strands, which occurs naturally but can lead to cancer or tumors if not repaired by your cells. Oh, Number so th- drinking coffee could be a cancer... Cancer helper. Uh, helper. Oh, no, a ca- cancer fighter. Thank you. Okay. Right. Your odds of getting colon cancer will go way down. I like that. Let's hear about that. Number eight, you may decrease your risk of getting Alzheimer's. What? So Parkinson's, uh-huh. Alzheimer's, cancer, man, all go down if you're drinking coffee. And lastly, There's- you're not as likely to suffer a stroke. Now you're talking. So now a lot of that is linked to, I think some of that research is linked to women and not necessarily men. But and again, folks, that is from the National Coffee blog. Okay. So it could be just propaganda. Not scientific? Not scientific. No, okay. okay. It could be that. Oh, okay. Now we had talked about some social media nonsense. Oh, no. I want to... Read, yeah, exactly. I want to read something. <laughs> what? I can talk about this, but this is from the the article is on social media, and it's it's from the Stat News, mm-hmm. statnews.com. I'll put the link in when we post this okay. on the website, which is stlintune.com, stlintune.com. But this is from the Surgeon General, Vivek Murthy, and this is just came out. Okay. Okay. It is entitled Social Media Risks for Young Mental Health Highlighted in the New Surgeon General Report. And what he says is he gave a warning, he gave an advisory Tuesday, warning about social media's impact on developing young brains. And this is, there's a lot of validity to this from the neuroscience community also. Okay. Matter of fact, those people who are in charge of Google and Apple mm-hmm. and all of the tech places, none of their kids... They don't allow their kids social media, and they don't even allow their kids to use, except for certain periods of time, television or any kind of electronic device. Now, go figure. And that's an old kind of, if they don't allow that, but that's what they do for a living. Yeah. Okay? Interesting. He says, through the last two and a half years I've been in office, I've been hearing concerns from kids and parents. Parents are asking, is social media safe for my kids? Based on a review of the data, there isn't enough evidence that it is safe for our kids. The report comes in the wake of a recent health advisory on teens and social media use by the American Psychological Association, the APA, which noted the increased risk of anxiety 
and depression among adolescents who are exposed to discrimination and bullying online. Oh, yeah. Other research has shown adolescents 12 to 15 who spent more than three hours per day on social media face a heightened risk of experiencing poor mental health outcomes compared to those who spent less time mm-hmm. online. That just makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And he talks about policymakers. I'm not going to read all of this because there's another article that I might highlight. There was a 2022 Pew Research Center survey which found, for example, that 80% of teens report that social media helps them feel more connected to what's going on with their friends' lives, while 67% said that social media made them feel like they have people who can support them through tough times. Now, there's a plus and a minus with that, because the what I would say, there's an article that talks about the downside that some kids are spending as much as 18 hours on their phones on social media. Is that a week, a month? A day. 18 hours? A day. 18 hours. Because kids walk around, if you're looking right now at me on the camera, this is how kids walk around. Or kids are talking about, teachers are specifically talking about this, that they can't get things done in the classroom because this device has interrupted their learning, or their ability to help kids learn. And now some school districts say, we allow kids to use their phones because they can look up things. What happens is they're doing it on the sly, and when they get called out for it because it's a distraction to themselves or other people's learning, then there's this fight on your hands, and schools and school districts have rules on hand. You're not supposed to use your phone during class because mm-hmm. we have you all have computers to use. Maybe they provide those. Right. They're doing it underneath the table. They're doing it in there. Some kids, can they can text with the phone in their pocket. You know, there's just ways around it. Wait, let's not forget the new Apple Watch. The new watches. <laughs> there are some school districts, University City being one, you would put it in a bag and you would close it up. And this is very similar to what Taylor Swift does at her concerts and other performers. Oh, yes. You put your, because they don't want it videotaped, That's they don't want right. it recorded. That's so you right. put your phone in this bag, it's sealed up, and at the end of the day, uh-huh. you go to an area where you can open it. It's like going through, like if you're buying a piece of clothing right. and it has one of those. Right. I went to a concert that did that. So you're did you the, keep the bag or did you store the bag somewhere? No, no, I kept the bag. Okay, you get it in the bag, and but they seal it, and, and you can't open it up. No, the only way to and this is a cloth bag or it's and then you, going out was a mess because they didn't have enough people. You know, where those things were? Yeah, where they could just open them up for you. Yeah. And they'd open them up as fast as they could, and yeah. we got out of there. And I went, what the heck is going on here? Yeah. So you're a teacher. Let's just say you're a teacher today. Are you going to allow kids to have phones in the, in the classroom? And why? Either way. Let me preface that by this, because I know we do have a little bit of time here. Yeah. The, do the pluses outweigh the negatives for three groups, for parents, because parents need to say no. Matter of fact, there's an article. This is the other article I was going to talk about. The parents, the parents say no to smartphones. <clears throat> okay. So there's a group who say, "I always want to be connected with my child." <clears throat> Excuse me. Because of incidents that happen at school. Okay. I always need to. And teachers get interrupted during the day because a phone will ring or the, the student will get a text, and their parents just wanting to talk to them. It's, seriously. Okay. So we've created a culture that we have to now get out of, all right? That's from the parent's perspective, all right? The student's perspective, that they can't disconnect or they get validation from if I'm doing a TikTok or I'm doing a this mm. or I'm doing a that or mm. I'm dissing this or I'm making somebody look stupid or funny with okay. the photograph. How many of them actually use it for 
quote unquote educational purposes. Okay, okay? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to guess less, less than uh, okay. 0.5%. Okay, yeah. and then from the teacher's perspective, you have learning varied learning degrees going on in your classroom. Mm-hmm. You don't need any more interruptions. There's enough interruptions with just basic discipline. There's right. enough interruptions with, I don't really understand what you're saying. Can you explain that? Mm-hmm. Or the kid who gets it and who's bored out of their mind. Right. So now when you add another factor into that, it just creates additional kinds of waste of time, waste of energy. So, so I'm what, all for, if it was me. So your policy is? My policy would be bag it. Bag it. I'm with you. Put it in the bag. We're going to provide this for you. And here's why. And it would you would have to go about doing that on a small scale and start big then and, gr- and have it grow. And small scale because you can't just all of a sudden blatant do unless there was some real problem issues with it. And I will tell you, parents, what some of those real problem issues are. One, one thing I wanted to add to that, though, I, I would cold turkey him, but nowadays many of the school districts are giving out laptops right and they're in the class with their laptop right so they can certainly use the laptop to do the research they want i've never my kids they grew up with laptops they were given to them when they hit middle school and i've never i ask them a question and if they don't know they can look stuff up on google or whatever faster than you can blink an eye i've never seen them look up information so fast whether or not they're absorbing it i don't know but they can also go to uh, that's why i would pull the phone completely mm-hmm. but they can still go to facebook or mm-hmm. tiktok or whatever they do on their laptop as well so just taking that that one that one thing out of their out of their possession i don't think is see i wouldn't even allow anything except Anything that related to educational, <clears throat> matter of fact, on the laptop, that's hooked into the school system. Uh-huh. Matter of fact, there's software that says if I'm the teacher, I can look at see what everybody's on their screen okay, right see, on that my would screen. Be great. That'd be great. And then after when they shut it down, it wipes everything that previously had been on there and comes back up to a static kind of setting that right. the school district has given them. So because kids will add all this other kind of junk on their computers, sure, and they don't need it on there. No, they don't. They don't. And so what they're doing too, in the meantime. Let me find this statistic here because I thought it was just very interesting. It's hard for parents to say no to these things because it's peer pressure from kids. So there's other – they call them dumb phones. They look just like a smartphone, Uh but they don't go on the internet. They will – they'll call and they'll allow texting. Okay. But they'll look just like a smartphone, but Uh they don't do – they won't allow any apps apps. or anything on them like that. Because I understand a parent wanting to be, in, in, heaven forbid, in the t- times we are, if something happens at school, you want to be able to talk to the kid. Oh. They'd like to talk to you. But there, there have whole... always been situations right. where, correct, uh, uh, I, I through time, I know where you're going. Yep, that have occurred where schools have been able to get in contact with parents. Right. That's why you give emergency numbers, right. etc., like that. So the fact that parents need to be there immediately, or they think they can run in and get their child if there's a situation that's going nope. on. The answer is no. And I say that because I used to be a building principal. And yeah. it's like there's enough to deal with. And with the things situation. Are taken, yeah, and sometimes it, it just depends upon they're safer there than if you try to come up and get them, oh, yeah. like during a snowstorm or during a right. tornado or something like that. But right. the kids have been found to have an addiction, a tech addiction. Oh, yeah. You know, that's where I'm talking about this 18 hours a day. Or there, it was, I don't, I can't get, I can't find it. I recall it's two-thirds of teens have already been exposed. They expose themselves 
weekly to porn on their phones, okay? So it's like, where do you want parents, where do you want to draw the line with this stuff? And kids are smart. They know how to have a couple social media accounts. Yeah, here's my social media account. That's not the one they use. That's the one they're showing you. So it's just being smart about things. It's where we are in our culture today and in our society. And I see adults like that. It's kind of watching people sit around at a restaurant. They all got their phones out. Or like, they're obviously talking to each other. I know. What is that? <laughs> what you know, is put the that? phone down. Leave the phone. Don't leave the phone in the car. No. Put it under your leg. What is that? Um, I know. I always thought, this is a good, now this is a joke, folks. Uh-oh. You get a blocker so they can't pick up any signals in the school. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. wow. I can't get on Wi-Fi. No, we block Wi-Fi. Oh, I can't get on. Some they'll bring a hotspot. You block everything mm-hmm. that the school doesn't want them to use. But hey, you can use this. Okay. And again, I would say this, Mark. This is a tool. A computer's a tool. Looking up things on the internet, it's a tool. So what do you do with the information that now you regurgitate it? Do you? What does that do for you? Not. Does it help you, or do you just regurgitate it? Right. I don't know. I don't think it helps too much. So we'll close with a couple funnies here. Okay. Because I've got a, a few minutes for a couple funnies. A National Taffy Day, by the way. Oh, today? Do you like taffy? My, no. My, it <laughs> gets stuck you. in my teeth. I know. Yeah, I don't like taffy. After, when I had braces, that was the end of my taffy time. All right. And there's another one I wanted to mention, and it's National Lucky Penny Day. Ooh. Now, I have a question, though, before, and well, this is my only question. Okay. <laughs> Find a penny, pick it up, and all the day you'll have good luck. Now, there, I get superstitious because... That some say if the penny is heads or tails, heads up, it's lucky. Okay. If it's tails up, it's not. So you leave it down on the ground then? That's hard to do. <laughs> it's only a penny, but it's hard to do. So what do you think of that? Yeah, it's pick you, it up. Pick it up? Okay. Yeah, but only if I have a glove on. You think it's going to be. I never know where l- it's been. Lucky or not? Okay, that's true. That's all right. Okay. All right, your turn. <laughs> okay. When a cougar gets so old she needs a hearing aid, she becomes a deaf leopard. Oh. There's a company that has created a wearable beanbag chair so you can lay down whenever and wherever you want. You should see some of these pictures. Oh, my. Nine out of ten times when I lose something, it's because I put it in a safe place. Honestly, that's true for me. That's very true for me. Let's see. Here's another one. Okay, that's not it. That's not it. Hands on those buzzers, please. Yeah, please that's exactly right. Buttons until an answer is exposed. Okay. Oh, thank you, Art Fleming. Old age comes at a bad time. When you finally know everything, you start to forget everything you know. Wow. Yeah. Hurt me. Okay. Got up this morning and ran around the block five times. Then I got tired, so I picked up the block and put it back in the toy box. <laughs> no. Why do you do this? <laughs> uh, let's see here. What do you call a magician who's lost his magic? Mm, I don't know. Ian. Ian. What do you call a magician who's lost his magic? Ian. I get it now. Okay. Wow. I'm so old, I remember a hashtag was called a pound sign, and we played tic-tac-toe. Oh, boy. (laughs) I bet jellyfish are so sad that there are no peanut butter fish. That's really bad, Arnold. That's really bad. Here's some dad. You like dad jokes and close with this. These are dads naming boats a boat time. Pier, P-I-E-R, pressure. An aquaholic. Oh, yeah. Why not? Cirrhosis of the river. (laughs) That's pathetic. Yes, it is. (laughs) Let's hear it for the patheticness. All right. You're not pathetic for listening, and we're not pathetic for doing it. Because we're just trying to make your day. Make my day. 
that's all for this hour. Thanks for listening, folks. Don't forget when the Martians invade, we need to make their day and tell them there's only one race, the human race, and every one of us have different characteristics and is uniquely valuable. For St. Louis in Tune, this is Arnold Stricker. We're a production of Motif Media Group and the U.S. Radio Network. He's Mark Langston. I'm Arnold Stricker. Remember, walk worthy and let your light shine.